Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And every week we gather around this little table to share life with you. And you know what? We put it on our calendar so that we can be here when we're supposed to be. And you know, Rachel, this is true for me, and I don't know if it is for you, but if I put something on my calendar, it's like it takes a new level of importance in my life. And so today I would like to just unpack time management. What do you think about that? Oh, boy. This is a big topic for me. Um, My husband will tell you that I am time challenged. Um, I have this weird relationship with time. I obsessively buy calendars and planners. I love them. I obsessively buy watches um, and clocks. In fact, my husband has a moratorium. I cannot buy and hang any more clocks on any more walls in our house. Because he's like, you're, you're, I don't get it. You're never on time, but you're obsessed with time and you put watches and clocks everywhere. I'm like, I put watches and clocks everywhere because I'm never on time. (laughs) It's like time is this mysterious thing to me. Um, And, you know, four hours go by and to me, it feels like it's been 20 minutes. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm late. You know, I think that creative people may have a bigger challenge there than, than our friendly Uh, counterparts who are very driven by their uh, Excel spreadsheets. You know, I think that Mm -hmm. they, there's just a difference in our brain, but even those that have that ability to check the time and know the time and they're always on time can fritter away the days. And before you know it, you have kind of fallen into a rut of doing the same thing. And so uh, there's nothing wrong with habits, but here's what I am discovering in my decades of living now. I'm learning that if I don't schedule my life and at least leave margins of uh, time to just be interrupted, if I don't schedule that, the rest of the world will schedule it for me. And if you if you think about that, it's kind of like if I don't already have on my agenda and on my week the things that I know God wants me to accomplish. You know, there are things that we know in our heart are the things that God really has put a burning desire inside of us to do. And so we have to carve out on our daily calendar a moment to do that. If we don't, then the phone is going to ring or your neighbor's going to stop by or your kids are going to ask you to do something. Your husband's going to uh, say, honey, did you remember that I've got friends coming over tonight? There's going to be something else that starts scheduling your time for you. You know, that's a hard balance to strike, you know, to be there for your kids or your husband or be interruptible, you know. Um, 
not be so focused on your own agenda that, you know, everybody else falls to the wayside, but also not living in just a, a, a reactionary mode to whatever comes your way that day to the point where you don't get, you know, your tasks done and your responsibilities taken care of and your dreams fulfilled. That's a really hard balance um, for me personally to strike and Sometimes um, it's easier to just live in that reactionary mode, to just, you know, field the ball as it as it lands in my lap versus, you know, getting up and charting out my own plays for the day. You know, you said something very important in that statement. You said sometimes it's just easier to live in the reactionary mode. And FDR once said, easy never changed the world. And when you think about life as making the tough choices, now, it shouldn't be tough to set our schedule, but as girls, we were people pleasers, and we want to make sure that everybody's happy. The, the people around us need to be happy. That's like, that's how we feel um, our role is fulfilled, is if we are helping other people be happy. Here's what I'm discovering, and I'm still, I mean, I think as long as we live, we're in the discovery mode. In the morning, when I rise, if I spend those first 15 or 20 minutes alone with God, I cuddle into my chair, I open up the devotion that I'm working through, and I read his word, and I say, God, I'm so glad to see you this morning. You know, I'm so glad to see your face in these words. I'm so thrilled to be your child. And I just want to sit here with you this morning. You know, isn't it so great to just sit with those people that you love to be around? You know, the ones that just fill you up. Well, when I sit in those moments with God in the morning, that's what it feels like. It's like, ooh, I can face the world today because I first got to share my thoughts and my moments with you. And so now... I need you to help me figure out the rest of my agenda today, God, because I know what I want to do, and I know what other people want of me, but please help me as I make my decisions moment by moment to understand what you want me to do. And you know, Rachel, when I, when I start that way, it may sound cliche, and I have a lot of people that say, well, you know what? I have my quiet time during lunchtime or I have my quiet time at night. And I don't, I don't know that there's any magic bullet in it. But for me, I think that I have to, for the disciplined person that I am not often, I need to know that that's my first place that I start. Because then it feels like everything else is much easier to decide as I move through my day. I think what happens there is, you know, when you consciously choose to um, spend time in prayer or, you know, reading the scriptures in the, at the beginning part of your day, I think it just sets your intention for the day or pulls your focus to what is eternal 
that way, when you roll out into your day, you roll out with that focus already there rather than rolling out with your focus on just sheerly on what is earthly and then running into something that causes you to have to stop and pray and pull your focus to God. So I definitely can see the benefit and have experienced the benefit in starting. In fact, you know, I do one word for every year that's my focus for that year. And a couple of years ago, my one word was first. F-I-R-S-T, which comes from the verse, seek first God and his kingdom. And, you know, all of these other things will will be added and taken care of. And my promise to myself that year was before I got out of the bed, I had my Bible beside my bed. I had my um, phone with my Bible gateway app on it beside my bed. And before I got out of bed, the deal with myself was I had to read scripture before my feet hit the floor. So uh, I, I don't I don't still do that at the moment. You know, I, I wake up out of the bed, but I do often try to do that early in the day. Sometimes for me, it's not till later in the day. I'm not a morning person. Actually, sometimes God gets better focused from me later in the day. I'm more awake and I'm more focused in the morning. I, I'm just not hitting on all four cylinders yet, um, or at least not till I've had my coffee. At least you're sort of setting your <laughs> setting your mind in the right place before you start. There's a lot of elements that go into managing our time well. And so as we're looking at that today, I want to uh, just highlight this particular thing. We, and I'm pointing the finger at me, I'm looking in the mirror as I say this, we try to cram way too much into a 24-hour period. For whatever reason, we feel like Of course I can take that on. I'm superwoman. Sure thing. I'll take that. I'll do this. And we feel like, well, of course I can get that done. And we really don't weigh out the options of what that's going to take to accomplish that. And I don't know about you, but when I have 12 things on my to-do list and I only get three of them done, I start beating myself up and think, oh, I'm defeated. I didn't get those things done. When in reality, if I would have sensibly put three to four things on my list that I knew I could get done with excellence, then I would have not only felt like I accomplished something at the end of the day, but I would also leave margins within my life so that when the child calls and says, mom, I need to talk to you right now, I've got that. I can do that. I can be flexible because I didn't cram my day so full. I'm in 100% agreement with that. I would rather, you know, accomplish three or four things well than try and tackle, you know, 10 at once. I just get stressed out over that. If you get more than three or four, your three or four main things done, then the rest is gravy to me. Um, But I'll tell you, honestly, how I tend to operate I swing wildly like a pendulum between massive productivity and nothing. It's like I fill my life um, with these huge projects that take a lot of time and focus and they're hard to do. Like, I don't know, I just, I sign up for crazy stuff. Like I sign up for a Spartan-like mud crawl race thing, you know, that's going to require lots and lots of training. Uh, I don't have to do that. You know, why did I do that? Now I have to train for this thing or I'm going to die in the mud. Or, you know, I I decide I'm going to write a book. 
book and I sign on with a publisher and now I have a deadline and now I have tens of thousands of words to write. I didn't have to do that, but I signed on for that and now I'm legally bound to, to produce this by this deadline. So I will work like crazy when I take on one of my projects and Oftentimes, other things, because I'm working so hard to prepare for that deadline, other things fall to the wayside. Like I don't have time for dentist appointments right now. I get the reminder from my dentist, time to schedule an appointment for the kids and myself, and that I just ignore that. I don't have time. To, um, I got to get ready to run in the mud or, or whatever it might be. And then what happens is I work so hard for so long and skid into that deadline, getting it done in time, that on the back end of it, I'm exhausted, and I just want me time now. So now I have time to do the dentist appointments, but do I want to do them now? No, because now this is me time. I've been working so hard for the last three months, you know? So it's like, there's never a good time. Um, I think I would be happier in life if I could find some sort of happy medium. You know, it is so exhausting to live in full-blown drive, 150 mile an hour zone, and then come to a screeching halt. It is so much easier if, as we move through life, we learn some lessons along the way. So one of the things I want to try to do today is give some simple ideas of how we can maybe wrap our arms around time management so that it doesn't become another thing we have to try to figure out or control. It just becomes like a natural way of doing life. Now, Rachel, I'll say that I, when I was your age, I was absolutely so much like you. And I still have a tendency, my natural tendency is to do that, just run flat out 150 mile an hour. However, I think one of the things that happens through just living is learning how to not let other things control my day. And here's an example of that. I got a phone call the other day and this person wanted me to drop everything and figure something out for them. And I had to make a, a, a decision right then because I knew if I did that, one, for one thing, I, I was weighing out in my mind, is it really a fire that I need to put out? And two, is it really a fire or is it just that this person feels like it needs to be a fire on somebody's plate so they're going to pass that fire to me? So I had to weigh that out during the phone conversation and I said, you know what, I would love to help you. I don't have time to handle that today. So I would suggest that we either put that on the calendar for next week. I can do it this time or this time. Or maybe you can find someone else to help with that today. And when I mm -hmm. hung up, there was no hard feelings. It was just like I was being honest. I really did not have time to drop everything and put out their fire. Well, and you did it um, with care and concern. And, you know, I, I, you know, I can imagine myself being that person on the other end of the phone calling you. Sometimes we ourselves cannot see what is truly priority and what is not. And that's when we can be very reactionary. Sometimes it's really helpful to have someone else say, now, Rachel, this thing that you're so concerned about right now, is this likely to matter much a year from now? 
or five years from now? Like, is this as huge of a thing as it feels to you in this moment? Sometimes that's a great gift to have a, a friend or a colleague help you sort out what is worth losing your head over <laughs> and what's not, you know, or what's worth everybody stopping and spending their time on and what's not. Well, I want to give you permission to react um, in a way that is not always going to please everybody else. I want to give you permission to do that because the first few times we as people pleasers do that, the first few times we say, you know what, I would love to help you, but my schedule just won't allow it today. The first one or two or maybe a half a dozen times we say that, it's going to feel really uncomfortable. And we're going to feel like we let someone down. I want to just give you permission right now to take charge of your life and your schedule and say, okay, I'm going to adopt that. I'm going to allow God to work in me and through me and be gentle, but, but allow myself to say, I can't do that right now. And Rachel, what happens when you do that you begin to free up time. And there is nothing more valuable in our life than time. When, when we look back on our life, I mean, you and I have both lost some very dear people in our lives in the last year. And when we look back on our life, when we're at the end of it, we're going to ask that question like, who do I want to spend time with? Where do I want to invest my time? And what is going to be my legacy? What am I going to leave behind because of the time I invested? And so if you put whatever is screaming at you at the moment, and maybe it's your sweet little child, and you go, oh my goodness, I've got to just drop everything and take care of this baby right now. Yes, you do. That's time well invested. That baby is going to grow up and learn what compassion looks like because you took the time. So when we have things yelling for our attention, maybe it's at work, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's someone from church. You know, a lot of times we sign up for things as a, as a good intention, you know, we want to do service projects, but then all of a sudden it becomes like uh, overwhelming because we just feel like it's robbing us of all of our time. I want to give you permission to say, you know what? I can spend this amount of time. I can give this an hour a week. And so now I'm going to put it on my schedule and I'm going to put it down for this particular time. And you're not, you're not being a bad person when you do that. You are taking control of what God has given you, a very short amount of time. You know, two things come to mind as I listen to you say that. The first being Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, which says, Behave wisely towards others or outsiders, making the best use of your time. Um, 
So, you know, as you say, behave wisely when someone interrupts you. Weigh carefully. Is this worth... Um, you know, worth your time or worth how much of your time. So behave wisely towards outsiders and making the best use of your time. So keeping your time in mind as you respond to people. Um, And then the other thing that came to my mind was a quote by Pastor Rick Warren, uh, who said that time is your most precious gift because you only have a set amount of it. Um, So, you know, what a great thing to remind yourself on a daily basis is that this is my most precious gift. I only have a set amount of it. I need to spend it wisely, um, both in how I choose to live and schedule my day, but also in how I choose to react to others or other demands on my time. You know, I think that as we wrap our brain around time management, uh, I, I could break it down into just prioritizing what's the most important thing. And if you, you know, you've probably all heard that, um, that object lesson where you take a jar and you have a great big rock, you have some pebbles, and then you have some sand. And if you put the great big rock in the jar first, then you put the pebbles in, then you put the sand in, you'll have room for everything. But if you put the sand in first, then you don't have room for the rock and you don't have room for the pebbles. And so keeping the first things first, if we look at what, what our priorities are, and they should be, first of all, God first. I mean, the Bible clearly tells us to get in a relationship with Jesus Christ so that when we have those questions of what needs to be done next, we'll know. We will know he's speaking to us through his word, through other people, through our prayer life. So when we get that big rock first, then we go through and we say, okay, we need to devote time to our family. And really, it's so easy to let those quality times slip by. So are you putting something on your calendar every week so that you and your spouse can have date night or you and your kids can have talk time or you and your parents can spend some quality time together? Who in your family needs to be on your calendar? And then it's reaching out to others. How do we spend our time reaching others with the light that we're reflecting. You know, God tells us to be a shining light, and we can only do that when we are spending time with Him, reflecting Him to others. And so when we put those things on our calendar, and we don't load up our calendar, we just methodically put them on our calendar so that we leave margins in each day. And then the most important thing, honestly, you know how you've you've flown on an airplane before, Rachel, many times, right? Yep. Okay, so when the flight attendant is giving you direction and she says, when the oxygen mast falls, what do you do? You put it on yourself first before you try to put it on someone else. Exactly. 
And so when we spend some time for us, during our week, we need to carve out some time just to refresh and have time for us so that we can be refreshed and ready to go and serve and do all the other things. I want to give you permission today to spend time on you. Well, you know, um, Leo Tolstoy, which is, you know, ancient <laughs> literature there compared to um, what I read mostly. But Tolstoy, you know, of course, wrote Anna Karina and several of the, the greats. But he says this, which is interesting. The two most powerful warriors are patience and time. Um so I think that's just a, a recognizing of uh, knowing when to hold back and be patient and not rush into your day, but to, to think and plan it um, and knowing how to spend your time are, are um, keys. And I think it's something that we should um, maybe spend some time journaling about. Love that. Well, girls, this is time for us to say goodbye, but don't worry. We'll be back next week. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.